December 8th, 2021. And if you count from where the wide, where the lines widen, 15 lines up, and find the second word on the line, that's where we're going to begin. The first word is Ha'ilyon. The second word is Vishibamador. See that word? This morning's class and the classes throughout the week are donated by Ralph and Grace Gindi in memory of Rahel Batmazal and by Joey Levy and family in memory of Marlene Bad Angel. So the Gemara, if you recall, was, and we'll conclude this discussion today, was dealing with Rabban Gamliel's uh, diagrams of the moon up in his upper area, his Aliyah. And the Gemara couldn't understand how is it permitted? Don't we have this Isur, this injunction from the Torah of Lota Asuniti? And the Gemara was teasing out what the Isur exactly is, and ultimately at this juncture in the Gemara arrived at the resolution that the Isur of crafting uh, celestial beings is only if you're crafting those of Mador Ha'ilyon, which meant in the seventh layer of heavens, so to speak, as the Gemara refers to it. And what's uh, residing there in that Mador Ha'ilyon, the Seraphim, the Ofanim, the Hayot HaKodesh, the Malachi HaSharet, angels in the Mador Tahton, the second layer of heavens, which is the sun and the moon, that's what's permitted. Go ahead. How many people see objects above the sun and the moon? No one. I mean, maybe, maybe a Hezkel in a Nebuah. Uh, certainly, I understand. I, you know, I, so you're saying we'll never violate this. Well, we're using our imagination, our understanding of the pesukim in Sefer Yehoshkel more than anything. We're reading the pesukim. If a person were to violate this, he reads the pesukim in Navi very carefully, understands the description of what these malachim in the vision look like, and he's drawing those or he's uh, appropriating those. Anyway, says the Gemara of Shabbamador HaTahton. We, we began this question and even the answer yesterday. Mishare, are they really permitted if it's in the Mador Tahton? In other words, if you're making the sun and the moon, the stars and the planets, is that really permitted? That Tanya doesn't the Beraita uh, explain based on a pasuk elsewhere in Parashat Yitro from the Aseret Adberot that that should be uh, prohibited. Asher Bashamayim. The pasuk says that you're not allowed to craft uh, any of the pesali, a pesil of anything. Asher bashamayim. First, it says bashamayim. That is in the heavens. Uh, so that's coming for what we call the mador tahton, the mazalot, the constellations, the shemesh, the yareach, the kochavim, the sun, the moon, and the stars. All forbidden. Furthermore, says the pasuk, mimaal lerabot malache hasharet. That second word, it's Asher Bashamayim, that which is in the heavens, above, heavens is sun, moon, and so forth. Above, that's what prohibits the uh, items and the beings that we can't even observe. Well, that being the case, they're both forbidden. How could Rabban Gamliel be making diagrams, pictures of some sort of the moon? Says the Gemara, Kitanya Hahi, that Beraita is specifically referring to Le'obdam and Isur Avodah, whereas the Pasuk at the end of Parashat Yitro, Lota Asun Iti period is there's an Isur prohibition for crafting just not allowed to make them whether you worship or not the craftsmanship in and of itself is problematic the ownership is problematic that's not the Pasuk we're referring to the Pasuk we're referring to over here which is all inclusive follows up with the next Pasuk you're not allowed to bow to them you're not allowed to worship them which means to say this prohibition is specifically and only linked to Worship afterwards, if you craft the sun and the moon according to this, but don't worship them, 
Well, then you're okay. Says the Gemara, Ask the Gemara, This is something new. We didn't get up to this yesterday. Says the Gemara, Wait a second. The Beraita is being inclusive as to what you're not allowed to construct and then worship. If that's the case, A shilshul katan means a very small and lowly worm. You didn't need to refer to in the pasuk to the sun and the moon and the celestial bodies and the angels and so forth. Even a worm, you're not allowed to construct anything. I'm imagining even the lowest of the low and then worship it, even a worm. Why specify in our Beraita just the upper matters? What about the very low? It says the Gemara, Indeed, it's very much so. Absolutely. But it makes it appear as if the only matters, quote, which are a threat of Abu Dazara are the things of the time. What about everything else? You're allowed to construct those and bow to them because we're not threatened by others? Come on. It's also, it says the Gemara, in hachename. In hachename means, yes, indeed it's so. What do you mean, indeed it's so? Ditanya, listen to the end of the Beraita, or listen to a different Beraita. It appears as if it's the end of the Beraita. Asher ba'aret. Recall, the Pasuk says, you're not supposed to craft Asher ba'shamay mima'al. And the next words were, Asher ba'aret mitahat. So, Asher ba'aret, again, all part of the same Isur. Lerabot, it's coming to include as a prohibition, Harim. I don't know how, I guess you're drawing or, or crafting some sort of mountain, which you'll then worship. Ugva'ot, valleys, yamim is, is what is, is uh, uh, seas, neharot, rivers, afikim, Rashi says, are water sources, ga'ayot, uh, I guess it's valleys of some sort. And each of these are prohibited. That's Asher Ba'aretz. You're not allowed to determine that one's Avodah and worship it. You're not allowed to craft one with the purpose of Avodah Next word in the Pasuk, Asher Ba'aretz, Mitahat Lerabot Shilchul Katan. Would you know what the Beraita itself gives the example of the lowly worm. Even a lowly worm is forbidden. So says the Gemara, that all being the case, we've resolved, we've come to peace with Rabban Gamliel's construction. Rabban Gamliel was okay making the moon because there's no Isur against the moon. Wait a second, there is. That's only if you're going to worship it. Has v'shalom to suspect Rabban Gamliel that that's what he was doing. Nobody, everybody knew. Every, you walked in and you were looking at the moon in order to determine the new, the, the new month, says the Gemara, but I'm still... And finally, not comfortable with this. Va'asiya gereda. Gereda just means on its own. Says the Gemara, Va'asiya gredata mishare. Mishare, is it permitted? Shiruyim, permitted. Is it really permitted to just construct? You told me that the moon and the sun are permitted, provided that I'm not worshipping. Is that really so? The Hatanya, we have this Biraita, which will be a, a sort of final question. Lota'asuniti. Lota asun, that's the pasuk. Lota asun, the derasha of the beraitais. You should not craft. You should not make kidmut, the image of Shimshi, my son. Oh, excuse me, Shamashai, my my helpers, my my ministers. Hameshamishin lefanai, who serve in front of me. Give me an example. I know what you're going to tell me. No, you're going to tell me it means angels. It means the seraphim, the hayot, ofanim. Kigon, the Beraitai itself, tells us the example. Hamal levana kochavim mazalot. Period. The pasuk is not the pasuk from the end of Parashat Yitro, which told us, It's not the pasuk which tells us that it's only if you crafted and then worshipped or with the express purpose of worshipping. It's the pasuk we were teasing out and dealing with throughout. And explicitly in the Baraita it says, you cannot craft 
the image of sun and moon. Uh, you can explain this one. Says the Gemara, Shaneh Rabban Gamliel, we have to answer differently. Rabban Gamliel's circumstance was different. De'acherim asulo, others, non-Jews, made and crafted the images for him. That's the answer, says the Gemara, since he didn't make it himself, it was not prohibited. Says Tosafot, but wait a second, I thought we have Shavuot, certainly on Shabbat, Amiral Nochriz, Asur. The very least we're going to be dealing with an Isumid Rabbanan. If you can't do it, you shouldn't be telling the non Jew to do it for you. On Shabbat, we certainly have it, so suggests and quotes Tosafot from elsewhere. We have this relevant in many domains of halacha. How could you tell me this was permitted? It's Amiral Nochriz, Shavuot. It should still be prohibited, maybe not with the same severities, but it's Asur to tell a non Jew to do that sin. For you, answers Tosafot the same way on Shabbat, b'makom misvah, in circumstances of fulfillment of a positive commandment, we're more permitting. So too in this context, keep in mind what we're looking to establish is the new month, which is a mitzvah in and of itself. So b'makom mitzvah, it was permitted, provided that a non-Jew did it. Now Jeffrey asked a few days ago, I imagine he'd be asking again, but it's not a mitzvah for Rabban Gamliel, for this other individual. The mitzvah is when we establish it. It's everything that goes into the mitzvah. We're a little bit more inclusive over here. And we say, in order to get to this mitzvah of Kiddush HaChodesh, we need these diagrams, we need these pictures. That's permitted, provided that it was done by others. That's right. So that's, that's okay, you know, but lead up to it. I mean, when, you, when you build a nice event, when you have a, a momentous occasion, everything goes into it, does it not? Oftentimes. Always, my wife tells me vacation is more about the preparation than the event. The event goes by pretty quickly. Everything that went into it was the vacation. You know, very much the same over here. The mitzvah is everything that goes into it. Was it specific that they needed to get to see the moon the way it was going to be on that day? Or that all you could have done it prepared before? They're not. Raman Gamliel doesn't have the you know artists coming in constantly. He's got these images in his room. Right. So, in other words, it's not. This is not being drawn on Shabbat. It's not being drawn any other way. But the fact that he has these images drawn. We equated it to Shabbat because the, the drawing was problematic. Violation on Shabbat is just an equation. Now, you're right. On Shabbat, we would question, could you have done this before and afterwards? For Rabban Gamliel, there's no before and afterwards. You need to have it every month. At some point, you need to do this. Can, can I argue that if a Jew's drawing it, you know what the intention is, but if a Jew's drawing it, I suppose if we were suspect to get like a Muslim, I guess, to do it. I, no, I, don't, I hear what you say. Jeffrey's suggesting another problem over here. It's that the non-Jew doing it might have the intention of Abu Dazaran. You might be more safe with the Jew, ironically. The problem with the Jew is it doesn't matter his intention, right? Again, it's lotasuniti, even if you're not doing it for Abu Dazaran. Yeah, with the non-Jew, I guess, you know, be careful. No. No, the Gemara will not go there. The Gemara's only answer is it was al Yedeh even for mitzvah. That's the point. Lo ta'asuniti, it's from the Torah. In what context? Right, an important question. We'll address it a bit. We'll at the very least address, which is even perhaps even more severe, how many Bateknesiot, many Korachas and books have pictures of lions on them and that sort. So uh, the, the, the more severe matter in our sugya probably was the fact that we t- talked about the lion and the, the human being and all those four images. That seemed a little bit more scary, and we have a history to that one. We'll address each of these 
somewhat fully, but not, not fully enough because there's longer and larger conversations to each. Uh, but the simple, the real simple answer is, uh, I don't have a better way to say this, but when I, it's rare, but when I sit down to draw with my kids, I won't draw a son no more. Personally, I won't tell them asur because there is, there is room for permissibility, but you shouldn't. I mean, you're dealing with a, a potential isur of close to avodah zarah. I know, you'll say it's far-fetched and all that, but it's you know what I'm saying? But uh, in the scheme of things, you don't need to now transform any school or institution involved. And if they're doing so, again, there is room, there are grounds for, for heterim on this, which we'll address uh, in due time. You'll see, to a certain extent, one of them in the Gemara. So anyway, says the Gemara again, says the Gemara, the circumstance of Rabban Gamliel perhaps was aherim asulo. He didn't craft them, he didn't make them himself, others did. Ask the Gemara, even if it's made by others, there should be a problem, really. Why? So, we know the following. What will become clear in the Gemara in a moment is Rav Yehuda had a, a signet ring. He had a ring on which there was this something. It doesn't tell us exactly what was on it. There's a debate in the Rishonim exactly. There's some image on it. Now, once upon a time, uh, people would use a signet ring in order to stamp with it. That was their signature. Now, how would they stamp so? Oftentimes with... with, uh, with Wax. There was there was hot wax. They would stamp into it in one of two ways. It's important that I mention it already. Either the signet ring was engraved inwardly, so when you stamped into the wax, something that was bullet, something that popped up, came out. Or alternatively, your ring was protruding, and you stamped in, and you now made a uh, uh, you made something inside, something that's pushed in in that wax. Well, anyway, says the Gemara. We'll have to figure out exactly what the issue is over here. Rabbi Yehuda had some signet ring with a image on it. And his rabbi Shimuel said to him, "This Rabbi Yehuda, Shinina, the Gemara, in many, many, many places. Whenever it has conversations between Shimuel and his student Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda had this name which he would use for uh, Shimuel had a name for Rabbi Yehuda. He would call him Shinina, which means the sharp one. The Gemara Masechet Kiddushin says teaches us The words of Torah are supposed to be sharp in your mouth. So calling his student Shinina, he was calling him the sharp one. Anyway, he said to his student, sharp one, Shinina, that was his nickname. Sameh Den means this. Um, Suma means a blind person. Same means to blind. Ene means the eyes. Now it's an expression. He says, blind this item. In other words, eradicate this item. That ring on your hand, that signet, get rid of it. It has a problem attached to it. Which means to say, although we're imagining that Rav Yehuda did not craft this ring himself, his Rabbi Shemuel is telling him, problematic. We should turn back to Rabban Gamliel and say, Rabban Gamliel, how do you have these images? Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Says the Gemara onward, first and foremost, but we'll get there. We'll get to you, uh, 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 Jesse. We first need to flesh out what the Isur was over here. Says the Gemara, Hatam, we switch the taf with the Shim, Sham, over there, Hotamo Boletu. The circumstance was the signet ring was bullet, it protruded. Umishum Ahshada, and the issue was what others will say. In other words, Jesse already walked us into this. In other words, the issue is less or is not at all the ownership per se. The fact that he owned that ring, the fact that there are those moons in the attic is not an issue. 
We said just a moment ago, it's not an issue if others crafted it for you, provided that it's mikom mitzvah. However, that's not the issue. What is the issue? Hshada. Hshada is an important word in the context of halakha very often. It's what people oftentimes would refer to, whether properly or not, as marit ayin. It's what other people are going to say about it. Kedetanya, the Beraita, teaches the following with regard to these signet rings about what others will say, Rashi explains, what others will say in terms of your worship of Avodah Zarah. Not the ownership and the craftsmanship of it, but they're going to look at that ring and they're going to say, Tabat hotamo bolet. If you have a protruding ring, the type in which you would push it into the wax and the wax would then be pushed down. The protruding ring in and of itself is problematic because the protrusion is an image. However, if you don't own it and you're just using it to press in, would once be or is today only protruding images, not the images which are pressed in. As a result, you could use it to press in, <coughs> but you can't walk around and own it and have others look at it. They'll say, oh, he's all What about on the opposite end? If the type of ring it is is one which is pressed in, so when you push it into the wax, the wax will be popping out in that area. You're allowed to keep it on your finger. But you wouldn't be able to sign with it. By signing with it, you're creating the protruding image, which makes it seem like you crafted Avodah you worship Avodah which means to say, for all, for all intents and purposes in our context, Rabban Gamliel, how is it possible that although others made it for you, you have everything lined up, it's the, there should be, what are people going to say? Answer Jesse for us already. Oh, Rabban Gamliel's circumstance is a bit different. He mentioned several reasons why, but first, says the Gemara, is that really so in general? Is it really so that in these sorts of contexts, the Abu Dazara things, we are suspicious? The guy's got the ring. He must be Oved Abu Dazara. Is that really the halakha? We don't make this up here. We go based on tradition. What did the rabbis determine is inappropriate with regards to what other people will say about me? We have this in the context of Shabbat, Binyan on Shabbat, when people are constructing a home on Shabbat, and you have the, uh, excuse me, building a home in general, and you have the contractors hired what's called bekablanut, they have to get the do- job done. Technically speaking, under some, some many circumstances, they could be working on Shabbat. We nonetheless ward people away from it, saying, imagine what people are going to say about it. A half dozen, if not a dozen times a year, people ask me this, this issue, about this issue. They look into it in a very appropriate way, not, not too in-depth, but they look into the halakha. Technically speaking, in today's day and age, without getting into the details, it could or should be permitted. We nonetheless the nohag is we tell people not to we extend the hashada and that's what we say but it's going to look wrong and I said what are your neighbors going to say and so forth so you have a similar context situation over here but the Gemara says over here we never had such a hashada which means to say what's that? let's deal let's deal with Shabbat separately it Maybe yes, maybe no, but, but the answer, the answer of course is, um, uh, the, the answer of course is over there nobody has the hashad with the home, for some reason they do, in other words, that, that's, that's the way it slices on this, but you're right, and that's what I'm telling you, Pidin, under many circumstances, there's been uproars in the community, there was a synagogue once, the synagogue is even further, we'll see in just a moment in the Gemara, if it's a synagogue, if it's a public uh, religious institution, it should be more permitted, not less permitted, and there was all sorts of, always, anyway, says the Gemara, wasn't there a synagogue, it was in a place which was known as Shaf Viyati, 
Yativ. Now, why is it known as Shef Yativ? Not fully certain. It might just be the name of the place. Rashi cites from the, the, the legend. The legend is this was the synagogue of Yechonia. Yechonia, we know his name from? Megillat is there, of course. Uh, he was Nigla, he was the king of Yehuda, and he is exiled from Eretz Yisrael. And according to the legend, he takes the stones of Eretz Yisrael with him, and he builds a synagogue in Babel in Hardeah. So according to legend, says Rashi, that's the synagogue we're dealing with. Anyway, it's Shafiyati ben Hardeah, there was a uh, idol, maybe the bust, of, a, of, of the king of the time period. In the synagogue, I'm sure it was Gzerat Malchut. They had to have the image of the king there. Uh, so did any of the rabbis pray there? Again, Hashad, Isur, it's an idol in the synagogue. Vahavu Ayele, Ravu Shmuel, Vahavu Hadi Shmuel, and the following three rabbis, Rav Shmuel, the father of Shmuel, Vilevi, the fourth one as well, Umasluatam, and they would pray there. So clearly is this Hashada business you were talking about a moment ago in the story of Rav Yehuda and his student, excuse me, Shmuel and his student Rav Yehuda, not really relevant. You're telling me we have Hashad, we have Marit Ayin issue with regards to Abu Dazara in the way that you own it, but it's not really true. What about that synagogue? Answers the Gemara. Hatam lahayeshe lehshada. And they would pray there. And they didn't have the suspicion of what others would say about them. Answers the Gemara. Rabim Shane. Answers the Gemara, it was a public area. What's a public area? A synagogue. Synagogue, everybody knows it's not Abu Dazar. How do you know? You know. Hill, you think we're entering in the synagogue? You think in the synagogue that's an idol that they're worshiping? Not everybody knows differently. But the Gemara right now is stuck with regards to Rabban Gamliel. It's true we're no longer dealing with any surah from the Torah. We're not in the full severity of Lotasuniti. We're not on Abu Dazar or crafting images. All that sort of business is off. And others made it, but there's still Shada. And the Gemara says, but we don't have Shada, only in a synagogue where it's a public area. Rabban Gamliel, is it public? Answers the Gemara, first asks the Gemara, the Rabban Gamliel, Rabban Gamliel, this was his own attic, this wasn't a public uh, thoroughfare. Answers the Gemara, Kevan de Nasihu Rabim Gabe. Since he was the Nasi, he was the appointed high official of the nation, of the people at that time. There were so many people in and out of his upper area in his midrash. We consider that a public area as well. We know those sorts of homes, those sorts of institutions. They say it about many different rabbis. You visited them and you felt like, or you knew, and even today, some, their home is a public area. Whose house? Chaim Kanievsky's house. There was zero uh, privacy in his home. Rabbi Steinman's house, zero privacy. Chacham Vadei Yosef, depending on the hour, little privacy. I mean, that's the way it was. That's the way it is in many people's homes. You call that Makom Rabim. As a result, there's no Hashad over there. So that's the first answer to how Rabban Gamliel did it. Again, we dealt with many of the particular issues. We were left with one or two lingering. This Hashad business answers the Gemara. It's Makom Rabim. Iba'itema, alternatively, a different answer. Diprakim. Prakim means it was different pieces, which means to say the moon was not heke, a moon diagram which was there. It was a moon diagram which could be taken apart, and he would put it together when the witnesses came in. So you entered in. It's less. 
Again, the image itself was already made. It was taken apart and he's only kind of putting it back together, a puzzle if it's single dimensional, a, I don't know, a, 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 a 3D, yeah, whatever, so forth. The argument is it's less so. Clearly it's not Avodah Zarah. You might say to me there's a Hashad issue. It's not a Hashad issue because everyone sees he only crafts it in order to show it to the witnesses. Alternatively, Ritva reads this as a standalone answer, which returns us back to the initial point in which you need not answer that Acherim even made it. He could have made it himself, ironically. Since it's a piece-by-piece piece thing, nobody says that's Avodah Zarah because he could deconstruct and reconstruct. Lastly, says the Gemara, Everybody knows it was clear from circumstance and context. He did this with from which to learn and to teach. He would turn to people and say, what did the moon look like? This was, uh, this was, uh, he was, well, you know, said yeah, yes, he was using it for teaching. Indeed. No, no, exactly the point. Exactly the point. He's using it to teach. Let's use it really in context to learn from. But indeed, if it's being used for teaching or learning, don't need to answer that and. No, no, that's, that's or. You don't need that. It could be fully constructed as what I'm... Litlamid will be mutar completely and fully, which means if you're, I don't know, astronomy teacher had one, it's fully permitted, the Gemara is saying. If it's to learn, it's, it's, it's permitted. Uchtiv, after all the... Pas- why is there no hashadat? It, it, it has to be, circumstantially, context. It's clear this is what it's being done for. You're right, if he keeps it in his home afterwards, maybe there would be hashadat. If it's in the laboratory, if it's in the classroom, if it's in the midrash, whatever, then it's permitted. It's clearly, uh, it, it has to be that, that it's understood by all. That's the purpose. And no hashadat, says the Gemara. How do I know that would be permitted? Because the Pasuk says, Lo tilmad la'asot keto'avot ha'goyim ha'hem. Which means to say, you should should not learn from the ways of the non-Jews as you enter into Eretz Yisrael to craft Avodah Zarah La'asot to do like their ways. What you are permitted to do is to understand. If you understand their ways or you understand the image or you learn something from it, that is and will be permitted. That's what we have in our sugya. We have several halacha l'ma'aseh lingering issues. One I mentioned, one or two I mentioned yesterday. Firstly, the lions or different images in synagogues, uh, which sometimes are on the Hechal, other times in different places, are those permitted? The gema on the front of the gema, many gemarot. I'm not sure every, uh, you know, some sidurim. Uh, not in this one. Look, they, they cleaned it. Um, maybe on the front front page. No, they, they cleaned it out. No, they cleaned it. Uh, is that permitted? Hacham Vadya Yosef here in Sheilot Shabbat Yahavedat Gimal begins by stating clearly and unequivocally that Shohan Aruch says this is permitted. Shohan Aruch cites from the Gemara we had earlier. The Gemara says only Bahadeh Hadadeh, which means to say if you have the four images of the Aryeh, the Adam, the Nesher, and the Shor, all of those creatures and beings together, that's prohibited. In such a circumstance, you're almost recrafting the Kiseh HaKabod of Shel Ma'ala. That's what's prohibited. That's clearly the letter of the law statement, says Chacham Vadya Yosef in the beginning of the Teshubah. He continues, however, and he quotes from an early rabbi, Or Zarua quotes from Rebbeinu Eliakim, or Bi Eliakim, who prohibits. He prohibits. It does seem to run counter to the simple interpretation of our Gemara, but we're dealing with matters of Avodah Zarah. He was Mahmir, and he was an Ashkenazic, probably German rabbi, who was very Mahmir on this matter, and looked to, and this is clear from the Teshubah, eradicated from the German synagogues of the time period. Rabbeinu Ephraim, a different German rabbi, was permitting 
and it's never fully certain in, at that stage what's the letter of the law, what's actually the halacha. There seems to be upheaval. We know it archaeologically. We know it. They're still around. Synagogues from hundreds of years ago had images of lions and the sort in them. Hacham Yosef continues, and he's really teasing out the following issue, but Shohan Aruch says permitted. The only issue Shohan Aruch has, ironically, is the one that we are more permitting on, and that is the human being, the Gemara said, but a human being, according to Abaye, might be different. Hacham Vadya Yosef goes on, he found, it's a well-known teshuba, of Avkat Rochel. Avkat Rochel is the author of Avkat Rochel, is Rabbi Yosef Karo, the same author of Shohan Aruch, and he deals with this issue. He's asked about the issue. First, he quotes from Rabbi Eliyahu Kapsali, he quotes from a, from a Greek rabbi about it being prohibited. And he, he says, but the Gemara seems to be permitting. However, he says, if you're a true Yeresh if you're a person who has the fear of heaven coursing through his veins and seeking that, you should not craft, you should not have images of lions in any of your places, any of your institutions, anywhere. And Chacham Vadya Yosef, as a result, his conclusion, and you may have not seen seen this one going that way, is fully and completely stringent. He does not permit and he seeks, he quotes many Teshubot and Poskim from settlement in Eretz Yisrael in the last, let's call it, 300 or so years, who stayed, especially in Eretz Yisrael, the land in which we're supposed to eradicate Avodah Zarah, let's keep it away as much as we possibly can. His conclusion is quite clear and strong. You have to forbid uh, uh, hanging a, uh, a curtain. Uh, you should not have such a thing. You shouldn't have images made of, 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 of brass or of, of uh, marble. Now again, he is talking about the context of a synagogue, well, you might even think that it's more permitted, but that's the Rabbanei Israel Shalita Nikraim Lidrosh Berabim al says the rabbis of Am Yisrael should go out in, the, in public and be clear and unequivocal about the problem over here. Now the poskim, in addition to Hacham Vadya Yosef, have and did address this matter, and there are different vantage points with regards to permissibility of this. The most significant in the Avi Harari vision is Rav Cook's vantage point on this. Rav Cook says, but look at the history over here. Look at the synagogues. Look at the history in terms of our practice. This has always been a constant. The fact that all the books you open up have it in them. Yes, you'll find the one or two where they blacked it out. Yes, you'll find the one or two like this one, right, where they cleaned it up, but they've always had it. That in and of itself is already a vantage point to realize we couldn't have been getting this fully wrong all along. We were following Shohan Aruch ultimately, but he didn't write it himself. Okay, but the practice oftentimes determines the halakha, provided that it has solid grounding to stand on. Furthermore, the Gemara talked about in a specific context, it's not always clear exactly how and when each of these segments of the Gemara need to be interpreted. First and foremost, they need to all be only together. The, the, all four of those images. So this is a, a real chumrah. Secondly, the Gemara talked about it being a protruding image as opposed to just an image. That's what we had afterwards in terms of the signet ring. Maybe that's applicable to this as well. Thirdly, and lastly, uh, well, I'll, I'll talk about it in a moment in the, in the importance of how Chacham Vadya Yosef ironically quotes it in the next issue. But he says, perhaps it's only if you have an actual image of a lion. In other words, it's the size, it's the texture, it really looks like a lion. Oh yeah, you're looking at a picture of a lion, that's what you thought was prohibited. 
that can't be what we're dealing with with all this strong and harsh severity. Those are the vantage points for Heter on this matter. Personally, I own many books that have lions in them. I don't have it in my home, but I know people who do. It doesn't strike me, although Chacham Yosef is strong in this matter, it doesn't strike me as an issue which is, with all that severity, something that needs to be upheld to that extent. In synagogues, okay, it's one thing, but even in synagogues, I've prayed in more than one synagogues in contemporary day, which have it, again, you're dealing with the history, you're dealing with many vantage points. The real Isur comes from this Rabbi Eliakim, a German rabbi who Chacham Vadya Yosef gives a lot of credence to, as do others, but we need not necessarily have all that fried up with regards to... No, beforehand. No, or Zarua is beforehand. beforehand. You see, the interesting thing as a result of this is we talked about. Yeah, sorry, Jess. No, it's because after Ezra and the great assembly, they eradicated Abu Zarah. So from the world, so what's the real concern? Yes. Yes, this is, well, keep in mind, we're dealing with the Gemara, which is after the time of Ezra, right. so they are taking it seriously, even then. Even though there's no... Uh, there's no there's uh, we need a distance, we need a and the Torah. But in terms of severity, this is entered into the mix, I should mention that as well, into the mix as well. Ultimately, what are we talking about? We're not talking about a world in which there's Avodah Zarah. Mm-hmm. But quote, slippery slope, and I mean it in this context. If it's Avodah Zarah, if the fear really is Avodah Zarah, can't really make that up, but it's not Avodah, but we don't have Avodah Zarah. Yes, Jeff? Why is that type of thinking or rationale to human beings these days? Ah, that's right where I'm going. You walked me into it. Thank you. What about human beings then? What about having images in your home of image? What about photographs? We all have photographs. Well, you have, every rabbi has photographs of them. I mean, the, the greater rabbis. You know, is that is that a permitted reality? Next, next tissue, Bav Chacham Vadya. Silum o siyur adam bitmunah photography. And you can imagine, based on this last issue, it's going to be very stringent, but he's not. And the major point, the major vantage point for his permissibility is that the Gemara is talking about, because keep in mind, the human being is more severe. The Gemara said a human being is prohibited on its own as opposed to the lion and so forth. How could you prohibit over here? So he quotes from Harambam. Of course, Shohan Aruch follows Harambam. It's only if you have the full human being. Which means to say, I have a full statue. Then we have to get more nervous. If it's the bust, if it's a portrait, it's not a full human being. If it's a picture, it's not a full human being. That's the argument. The argument as a result is we have lots of room for permissibility. Keep in mind as well, we have to then remember the line in the Gemara in which we were distinguishing between protrusion or not. Maybe that's applicable over here. He pieces everything together and he's... Permitting. Well, wait a second. There's no wait a second. He was noted different ways in the halacha, but I do need you to remember and understand the consistency issue over here in terms of if I need to be fully severe on the last one, how can I be permitting on the next one? The answer, in my understanding, goes as follows. Photographs are already all over the place. Pictures are all over the place. This is what we're doing. We're doing, I can find reason for it. The lines in the synagogue and the books, uh, not as prevalent, not as much a part of us. Maybe I can find room for Humrah over there. That's the way I understand that there are interesting segments in this. The trophy is the image of a human, no? It, again, is it the size of a human being? We can potentially distinguish in that context. I will tell you, there are some people who will cut off the head for that reason. So, uh, I've said a trophy. Yeah. There's, there, when I was when I was younger, there was a book that was popular. When I was yeah yeah, there, there was a book. It was called All for the Boss. It was written by Rucham Shane. Rucham Shane 
She, she actually grew up in Brooklyn, whatever. Anyway, Rucham Shane wrote this book about her father. Her father was a real zealot uh, back in the day, in the early days of America, the early 20th century. And she tells in the book, and they censored in the later books, this is a book that all the Beis Yaakovs give out to the girls to read. And her father, when she got, she was an American girl, she got a doll, her father ripped off the head. For this reason, all right. I'm not. I'm not saying. Chacham Vadei Yosef. Lastly, and I'll I'll bring it back. Just give me one more minute over here. He on on dolls has no problem whatsoever. Why no problem whatsoever? He says it's a doll. Everybody knows a doll is made by Mattel or whatever else. American girl, whatever made made by. In order to play with nobody, there's no hashad. There's no isur. It's not a human being. It's not the size and so forth. No problem whatsoever. What about photographs? Just closing the loop on this. There are several interesting points on the photograph question. My favorite one is in, in Yabi'a it's not in this Tishban Yahavidat. They had the following proof, because there is a question, Kabbalistically speaking, whether you can take photographs or not, whether you can take the portrait of someone or not. Kabbalists classically would not allow for it. They held as Kabbalistic problems, not the Peshat of Shohan Aruch, not Hanambam, Kabbalistic problems. The proof that was brought that it's permitted is that there was a rabbi, one of the great Italian mystics from 500 plus years ago, his name was Ramami Pano, Rabbeinu Menachem Azariav Pano, of this place in, in Italy, Pano, right? So he, and we have pictures of him. Oh, that's it, one of... We have pictures of him with everything. Full-fledged picture of him. As a result, if we have a full-fledged picture of him, you see it's permitted. The counter-argument is, but did you see the picture of him? He's clean-shaven in the picture. Do you think if he was a capitalist, he'd be clean-shaven? It must be a fabricated picture. Alternatively, maybe that's the proof that even according to the Kabbalah, you don't need to have a beard. There's this sort of question. It's always a fascinating thing in the context of how much, quote, will we use archaeological evidence, quote-unquote, with regards to the term of the Amen, amen.